When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of Cords and Courts. It's your host, Sean Cavanaugh. I'm bringing in for the first time one-on-one. You heard him on our, uh, if you listen to the Donda review and some of the music reviews, this is going to be a voice you're going to hear a lot on this podcast. Another addition to the crew. Like I said before, Harrison Chow is going to be my cousin Sal to my Bill Simmons. So if that's the analogy we're using here, here's going to be my Joe house. Just another, another voice that you're going to hear all the time, no matter how big or small or wherever this podcast goes. He will be a voice you hear. It is my boy, Luke Akinshala. Um, Why don't you tell a little bit before you tell us about yourself, Luke, kind of your journey. We obviously went to school together at UNC, sports journalism. You were with me, my roommate, when we covered the Olympics in Rio. Uh, We've been through a lot of things together, managing the women's lacrosse team at UNC. A lot of sports things we've done together, but you've branched out a little bit. Before you get to that, you are through and through at your core of Hooper, played all the way through high school, got recruited to go D2, took another route. But back in the day, your highest level of competitive, organized basketball, what was your go-to pump-up song? What were you listening to right before you took the headphones out and took the hardwood? Wow, what a what an intro right there. Um, yeah, no, first of all, excited to be here. Appreciate you uh, having me on and just the love. Um, yeah, looking forward to our conversation today. But uh, And the correct pronunciation of my last <laughs> name. I'm always going to shout you out. Um, cause not many people can pronounce it or know how to pronounce it correctly. So, um, but yeah, dude, like, I feel like we had a few, so like, I'm going to go back and think of like, kind of like the song we came out to, uh, which was like big, you know, to have like a, a lit, you know, song to, yeah. to come out to. So it was important. Yeah, no, it was got the crowd going, especially like a Friday night rivalry game. In high it was school. tough too because you had to find the clean version of everything. <laughs> yeah, right. As well as say explicit, like you'll see like parents kind of like looking to the left and right, and like eyes getting big. Um, but uh, yeah, like I, I want to say we came out to bring them out. Ti, oh, okay. um, senior year, which was yeah, just the bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. Yeah, it's Carolina still does that. Even when we were school, yeah. mouth. yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, anytime like the Swizzy and the baseline <laughs> would drop for that, it would be pretty lit. Takes you right um, back to that spot. Back in exactly, carry. exactly. Yeah, so bring them out was definitely up there. Um, junior year came out the black and yellow was Khalifa. Yeah. Um, that's when, even though like our colors were, were green and white, um, uh, just like the star player basically had like rights and privilege to be able to be like, all right, like what's going on the aux, what's going on the playlist. <laughs> um, and, uh, our star player, my junior year, shout out to Ant Gutta, Anthony Shelton, who, uh, played ball at Fayetteville state. Um, one of the best hoopers I've ever hooped with pound for pound, um, but, uh, yeah, he was in love with Wiz Khalifa. That's when Wiz was popping, had cushion orange juice and, 
um, a few different projects uh, back then, but went to high school when he was popping. So Black and Yellow was definitely up there. Um, and um, yeah, this is going to be a, a curveball, I feel like, for most. Um, but me, like, I would consider myself a hip hop head and got that from like my oldest brother, who was like the king of just like going on Dat Piff and, and LimeWire and uh, hot new hip hop and just kind of like the the blog sites and like just like looking up like mixtapes and whatnot. But uh, Cruck Music uh, by uh, Dipset. So Jewel Santana, okay. uh, Cameron. Uh, I think Jim Jones is on that song too. Maybe Freaky Ziki, but uh, the Diplomats um, crunk music was definitely like lit um, to to come out to, and definitely like a whole different different vibe. I think like that whole era of, of music too is like more East Coast, New York, uh, hardcore hip hop. But like my brother was really into like the blog sites and whatnot, so like put me on to different hip hop, uh, his teammates, when he played for Garner road, uh, Garner road bulldogs, um, they were yeah. really all into, um, you know, that type of hip hop. So was yeah, it, it kind of shows you like what that little era was that kind of little, cause you obviously, you, you mentioned two super popular songs that a lot of people can identify with, but especially when you're growing up in those times, there's always something that's kind of like local or something that only like your little crew was rocking with that kind of gave you that identity, especially around sure. sports and something like high school sports where it's so based off of like where you're from and stuff. If you're going to play this one high school, you kind of know like, Oh, they might be playing this music or they can get away with this music where we wouldn't be able to get away playing this before a game. Cause like you said, the parents would say something. So. Yeah. Geographic, like just like location and geography has like such a big plays a huge influence with like trends Exactly. Um, you know, culture. Um, and yeah, just for like real quick, like, you know, a lot of his teammates, um, my oldest brother, this is, um, were from like the New York area and like came down to, to hoop, uh, in the summer for, you know, his AU team that he played on, which was stacked back in the day, a lot of Raleigh legends on his squad. Um, but yeah, like that influence just like, all right, like, this is what, like, we're listening to, like on our like CDs yeah. and like our yeah. wraparound headphones, you know what I'm saying? And this is what like, you know, is going on the playlist as far as like songs that were illegally downloading. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, straight up. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very grateful that I had that lens. Cause, um, yeah, it kind of like, yeah, honestly, like put me ahead as far as just like random tidbits and, and knowledge as far as like the rap game and something like I still find interest in yeah. following and reading up on. So. And it's cool because bath, the sport of basketball is what brought you to those places, what brought you to that larger culture aspect. And that's something that's basically what's going to be the topic of our conversation today. We're going to bounce around a little bit, but it's kind of the music and the culture of basketball is such, I think maybe you could put it up there with football and I'm talking world football, not um, American football. But those two right there are the two most culturally rich sports, I think, in the world. If you're talking like globally, what has just the most depth to it? What reaches the farthest corners of the world? What kind of creates its own little niches? Um, you know, you talk about you go to a pickup basketball game. There's that's such just a little inner community, no matter where it is. It's such a little inner world that kind of is a microcosm of society at a whole at a larger whole or wherever that region is at a larger whole so that's basically what we're going to do a couple of topics to explore that idea 
Um, before we get to that, I know just a little bit about yourself since you are going to appear on this podcast every now and then, if you want to just go a little bit of background, like I said, you went to UNC with me and we're doing sports journalism type of things. Um, just kind of post-grad after our trip to Rio, what you did kind of in that, that world and where you're at now, just short and sweet. So people know a little bit about your path. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I went to journalism school, um, was recruited to, to play basketball at a small school in downtown Raleigh. Uh, long story short, that didn't end up working out. I uh, had a lot of life events happen around that time. And, um, you know, I wasn't really trying to be a, um, a regular college student at, a, you know, a really small private school. So I decided to, to transfer to, to UNC, even though I grew up a diehard Duke fan. So God's team is pretty funny with that. Just, you know, squat hated growing up uh, was where I ended up getting my degree. So study journalism. Take you away from the devil, you know? Yeah, I guess there, there you go. Uh, like what you did there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, went to, to Chapel Hill, graduated, amazing time there. Um, journalism major, like I said, like you mentioned, broadcast specialization. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, uh, figured I would be, you know, the next, you know, dark skin, Stephen A or <laughs> Bo Monty or Stuart Scott, God bless the dead. Um, and yeah, I was just like, you know what? I don't, I don't know if I'm feeling this, uh, to be real. So, um, took a pivot into, to sports marketing at Fox sports one, um, did that for a few years, had a producer job at Fox, oddly enough, uh, working for, uh, NASCAR productions, which was a uh, interesting experience. Just, you know, honestly, like a black dude working in a pretty archaic sport, but the sport is, you know, making tremendous progress with trying to integrate and, uh, diversify not only like the sport of like, just in and of itself with like the drivers, but also like the people that work outside of just, you know, uh, being a driver engineer or, you know, crew chief. So, um, did that for a few years, um, and had a few jobs in between. And currently I'm working in public relations, uh, at Fleischman Hellard, uh, stepping into more of a thought leadership creator role. So, um, yeah, looking forward to, to that, uh, we'll be on a little bit more of, of the corporate side, but we'll be working with sports properties and yeah. trying to do some journalism stuff, uh, on the side too, as a freelancer. So, and you'll get a little bit of splash of that. I'll be happy to provide that for you here. Yeah, exactly. Fun all that energy. All right, so let's just get started. First topic, a little uh, segment we came up with, talking about basketball and the impact it can have on a larger global scale or just things that happen off the court. We love looking at, you know, just the things that surround what's going on on the field, going around with the athletes on this podcast. And a good way to do that is just look at who was the most impactful NBA player off the court for each decade. So we'll start backwards. Obviously, the decade ended in 2020. So 2010 to 2020, I think the answer is pretty obvious. Um, this man has gone to a level where he's superseded even basketball. I think he might be our most famous export as an American athlete right now. Maybe you want to toss in Serena Williams is up there. But as far as, you know, it's the world footballers. And this is the man, I think, the only man who can kind of compete in that conversation. If you look at social media followings and stuff. And that, of course, is LeBron James. No one has done more for just the brand of Nike since obviously someone else we're going to mention down the road. No one has done more for being able to be that much presence in the spotlight and still not even have like that bad of a scandal. Like his worst thing is the decision or his worst thing is when he 
puts his foot in his mouth, like on little topics here or there about, you know, vaccines or something like that. But even then it's not really him putting his foot in his mouth. It's just him being kind of coy and not really saying, or honestly, the only thing you can really complain about LeBron is just he's a drama queen. And obviously drama queens are, it's a phrase for a reason. And drama queens are usually famous people. And he's one of the most famous and most impactful off the court. So there's plenty to talk about with what he's done, but I think there's no argument, right? It's King James. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I was going to say LeBron, I think, uh, you know, his foundation and, you know, him trying to venture off into more like the media space uninterrupted, uh, Maverick Carter, Rich Paul, just like having like his squad doing it his way, uh, having, you know, uh, a record that is really without a blemish as far as just like screw ups and, you know, things done off the court. You can't really hold my man. He's definitely, um, class personified i feel like even though some would be like oh like the decision and um oh like he always cries and you know just a complainer like to the ref but you know all in all like my man's a father of three um very devoted father um has hasn't only met expectations but has also exceeded expectations um yeah man my man has yeah it's it's been special to to watch this journey um and we'll realize like how much how special it was once he's gone. So definitely LeBron. Yeah. So I think we can go back and this is where we can get into it a little bit. I think there might be three acceptable names when you're talking 2000 to 2010. I think I'm leaning towards one. I'll be interested to see what you say. I think I'm going to go Kobe. Kobe, that era of just where he rose to prominence, obviously his domination started in the 90s. So he was already there and it was more carrying into that. I think if you kind of look at what he did, you know, from like the eight to 24, and it wasn't so much about what he accomplished on the court. Cause so many of those years were trash Laker teams where he was carrying the team. And when you kind of looked at it, there were so many just cultural relevant things that applied to him in both a good way and a bad way, but just his impact off the court of anytime he shot a paper ball into a trash can, you know, you yelled Kobe anytime, you know, there was so many, he was somehow like the beginning of like the meme era in sports and stuff, you know, where there was that one where, it's like Kobe playing 2K and every button you're pointing to is shoot. Like it's just kind of personified <laughs> the guy, you know, if you call somebody selfish or any other sport, oh, he's playing like Kobe. And then the whole mama mentality too, which is rooted in an interesting place with what happened with the rape case. And so that impact too of how he was able to turn obviously a terrible, terrible moment and something that could have derailed a lot of people and I think towards the end, maybe it didn't happen until much later, but in the next decade where he was able to turn that into being such a prominent figure for women's sports, obviously for his daughters and being, you know, such a champion of even like the WNBA. I feel like he was one of the first guys to, despite what had happened in his history, to be one of the first proponents of, you know, Diana Taurasi is, could cook any, you know, some of these guys in the NBA and just being supportive of you know, a hooper is a hooper, no matter what they look like, no matter how they were born. So, and then I think just his imagery of being the black Mamba, you know, so many people wanted to be Kobe Bryant, especially like our generation growing up, we kind of had that before LeBron showed up, but there are two other acceptable answers, maybe LeBron or Shaq. I could hear arguments for who do you think I'm going Kobe? Who do you think 2000 to 2010 most impactful off the court? Rest in peace, Bean. Uh, Kobe Bean, we we miss you. We love you. Um, tragic loss. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't say Allen Iverson, bro. Oh, I was okay. kind of waiting That's for you to call. say That's a good call. Um, That was my favorite player coming up. And 
Um, I think like specifically, uh, just like in a little personal, like with me, uh, yeah. like my parents immigrated from Nigeria and I grew up with like a really, really, really conservative white family. So uh, we're coming out of like this like weird culture of like black because like we grew up in like, you know, not a heavily resourced community. And then we're thrown into, you know, a pretty suburban community. So like a part of me felt like I had to, um, I don't know, overcompensate. Uh, for my blackness, even though my skin is about black as tar. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like with that, like I just like naturally gravitated towards like being a fan of AI, the tats, yeah, the headbands, uh, the five double X, just super large white tees, the finger and sleeves, baggy jeans, exactly the finger, finger sleeve. So um, yeah, man, just like him really like bringing in hip hop into basketball. And like, honestly, like David Stern, uh, rest in peace to David Stern too. Um, you know, that, you know, dress code was initiated because of AI, at least those were the reports back then. So yeah, I think just kind of like the, I don't know, uh, blending, if you will, of hip hop and basketball culture, like he's at the forefront of that. And then like his style of play, like heart of a lion, flashy, like you check him too close. He's going to go by you. You lay off. He's going to pull up. Like you play him in between. He's going to create his space and get off to it, like get to his spots and like, you know, um, get his jumper off. So it's like, man, like this dude is small, but has a heart of a lion and can do it all on the floor. Yeah, The answer. I mean, that's a good point, especially too. this is kind of goes back to a guy maybe we disrespected and not even bringing up in the 2010 to 20 of Steph mm-hmm. where I mean, kind of revolutionized the game, changing how we play. Also, KD probably deserves at least a mention. But I think 2010 to 20, or no, to 20 to 30, he might have a conversation. It's going to be him or Giannis, maybe. But anyways, you're talking about Steph or? uh, No, KD. I thought Steph was more impactful from 10 to 20. Like, Steph deserves to be in the conversation. We slighted him. KD probably would want to be in that conversation. If we're talking on the court, yes, but off the court, no. And I feel like maybe this next decade, he has a chance to do that. Because obviously, that dude's so much about ball where he's branching out a little bit now. Yeah. Yo, real quick. Um, Did you see that video? It was like some, I want to say the little kid was like from like Japan or or China or somewhere uh, in in Asia. But like, uh, yeah, he was like cooking just like straight up. And he played just like Steph, just like the way he yeah. went behind his back, the way he pulled up. I don't know if you saw that video. No, but... I haven't. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, that shows the impact of like all the way over in China and like the guy has a Chinese nickname. So maybe like we cited Steph a little bit, but going back to what I was talking about, AI is that guy who was a little bit shorter of stature, right? You always look at basketball, even going way back, they were just giants. And if you weren't giant, you couldn't play basketball. And AI kind of show, you know, most of the world population is smaller and you want to play like someone who kind of, it looks like you. And then also to like what you were talking about, oh, this is a guy who actually represents the people I grew up with. You know, this isn't the cookie cutter, you know, somebody goes from gets taken out of the hood or whatever and gets put on a basketball team and has to play the right way and, you know, clean up their image. Like he played it the way that you saw a lot of just people playing on the street and stuff. And that is a huge impact kind of like what Steph has done, you know, even for, kids in this new generation of they he kind of looks like me you know he's skinny he's not imposing he's not as tall i mean he is tall it's just they're shorter than the giants that are out there i think ai kind of did that same thing of oh if i just fight as hard as ai does like i can at least play like him or you kind of give that false sense of superiority so that's a good point i definitely overlooked him in that way 
So going to the 90s, I mean, the man made bald cool. He made the earring cool. He's probably the greatest icon in the history of the sport. He created a fashion line out of sneakers, made sneakers cool, made sneakers worth tens of thousands of dollars now and created this whole market that has gone, I think, a little too far, even though hmm. I'm a huge sneaker head, but we'll get back to that. Just creating his image of making sportswear cool, you know, just shorts of making it impactful, like we said, off the court in so many different ways. Even if he was the guy that people said never said anything controversial because, you know, he wasn't a big political outspoken, um, what should I say, spokesperson, but he still had such a big impact growing his brand, growing so many things off the court. And that, of course, Michael Jordan owns the 90s. Yeah, no, it's it's great. Like, I mean, think about, to you know, the last dance, you know, when that dropped last year, just I feel like the world stopped, you know, especially like during the pandemic, during COVID, everybody was watching um, just the, you know, documentary, the 30 for 30 on ESPN that just kind of like alludes to his larger than life um, personality and existence. Like, you know, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina now. And even when there's rumors that, you know, Michael Jordan is in town or he's at the Hornets game or he's at this restaurant, literally like everybody's ounce of attention is like, all right, like, where's he at? Oh my goodness. He's right there. Um, so, uh, yeah, like, like there's like all the kind of like off the court stuff that he, you know, um, accomplished at space Jam. obviously, um, I feel bad for LeBron. I haven't seen it, but I heard like his performance wasn't the best. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, man, Michael Jordan definitely like revolutionized sports, not just basketball sports. And I think too, um, yeah, everything that he was able to, well, honestly, like what he was able to accomplish off on the court was just, we've never seen anything like it. Yeah. It's far and far. I think he might be the answer for overall to winning the race way ahead of everyone else. Honorable mentions for the nineties. Maybe you could throw out if you're talking off the court, maybe Chuck Charles Barkley, everyone else was more so maybe Shaq everyone was kind of more so just on the court dominance definitely deserves to be in the conversation. But if you're talking off the court, no one, maybe Hakeem, and no one had a bigger impact than Jordan. All right. So the eighties, I'm going to let you go first and just kind of go off. Cause I think this is the most interesting debate. Cause there's a lot of names you could throw out there. I have a couple in mind leaning towards one direction, but I want to hear what you have to say first. Yeah. I'm going to say urban magic, magic yeah. Johnson. Yeah. That was my pick. I think like just I I think of this and I think of like the picture with him with like the Laker girls by his side yeah. <laughs> and he has like the you know chinchilla like jacket on and like he's you know walking in and it's just like it's just like yo like this dude is super swaggy and definitely like played with that swag on the court uh wasn't like a shooter but you know was like the definition of a point god just like how he um, got players involved and just like his pat passing and flashy style of style of play. Um, and then a, everything that he was able to do, just like with, you know, being the entrepreneur and businessman, honestly might be like the first like NBA player that was able to like use his success to yeah, for sure. um, venture off into other business opportunities off the court, but definitely urban magic for me. Yeah. That was my lean too. Obviously you could talk about Bird is right up there with him, like what we were talking about before, being a guy who doesn't look like the typical basketball player, right? Maybe have an impact and just being, you know, 
for better or for worse, the white guy with enough confidence to just absolutely cook dudes and not be scared to talk about it. You know, it's kind of represent a whole different part of the country, you know, being from French, like Indiana, there's so much of this country that can relate to that rural aspect of being where he was from, even if they're not from Indiana and dominating the way he did in a sport where, you know, stereotypically, if you're just looking on the court, like there's no one's picking that guy first. And if you hear stories of so many players, they talk about, Oh, who's the best, like, or who's the toughest to guard one-on-one in that era? Who was the one who just like drove you nuts or who talked the most crap? All the answers are always Larry Bird. And obviously so much of that, there's so many people I'm sure post that era. were just trying to be Larry Bird in this way or that way. But I mean, as far as, you know, we're talking off the court, like he definitely had a huge impact, of course, being, you know, a white guy amongst mostly black men at this time of dominating the game definitely had a huge impact, but he didn't really, you know, like I said, with Michael wasn't a huge, you know, outspoken person aside from he did most of his talking on the court was just all about basketball and no one, they competed head to toe or head to head on the court bird and magic, but off the court magic way far above. So for the seventies, I think we'll do the seventies and the sixties and anything before that is, I don't know, beats me. I was nowhere near alive. If you want to talk about the history of it, you can, I think the seventies, the answer, cause his career went into the eighties, but he's the all time leading scorer. And then off the court is probably number two all time. If you want to put him behind Michael and that is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, we're talked about what was lacking off the court with some of these guys of being that outspoken figure. Kareem did all of that being the guy, you know, obviously a proponent for the Muslim faith and wasn't scared to even change his name when he was already a household name as Lou Alcindor and following his own strong beliefs. And still to this day is a guy who just kind of imposes a presence when he's in the room. So respected because of what he did off the court more so than even what he did, you know, fighting for civil rights, fighting for just helping people who didn't have the opportunities. I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the easy answer for the seventies. Okay, bet. Um, I respect that. Can't go wrong. Um, I, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Um, Dr. J, Julius Irving. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think like, I don't know, like when I talk to like old heads, um, even though you would call me an old head being a year and a half, two years older than than you. Um, but yeah, anytime I talk to old heads uh, um, and just like hear of people talk about like their favorite players before Jordan, like I feel like Dr. J is the popular answer, uh, maybe because of his style of play, super athletic, had to throw the gold link. Um, so like had that kind of like swag component to him. That's like kind of associated with like dudes in the league. Now I feel like for the most part, more than any other sport, um, maybe soccer, you know, is a, is a close second, but, um, yeah, I think Dr. J, uh, strictly because, you know, played for the Sixers too. So nice jerseys back then, cool throwbacks, um, Philly. Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel like Dr. J is definitely a, a close second, if not a um, first option for most impactful player. Yeah, that's a good call. I mean, obviously he was doing things that no one else was doing at the time, dunking in ways and brought a, a swag, a style that, I never really been seen before or honestly kind of sense in a way. So yeah, that's a good pick too. If you're not going cream, Dr. Could he, up there. Could well. he shoot? Like, I, I feel mean, like, yes, but it was like a set shot. You know, all yeah. the shots were set shots, but they, feel, they went in sometimes like he could hit a corner three and stuff, but like the, way, talking, the way he played the game was so different. 
Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, as you were talking, I'm like, yo, like, have I ever seen a Dr. J highlight of him actually shooting a jump shot? Right. But even <laughs> still, like, I was randomly the other day, it's like post-Olympics coming back when we had, like, that long break that's ending now of no sports. I stumbled across, I think it was like a Celtics-Lakers, I forgot which series it was, but one of the finals games. And even Magic's shot was, like, a little awkward looking. It was broke. Yo. No, it that just was always broke. just hit the bottom of the net every time. Yeah. It was just swish, swish. Where like if you saw him on a playground, you're like, what? I don't really think that guy's the best guy. And it's sometimes a win in. So I don't know. Maybe just the mechanics back then were different, and we figured out how to shoot now. But looking back is weird. Like all you just think all these guys, they're obviously like amazingly, amazingly talented and the greats, but their shots always just look kind of off. It's like would Ben Simmons be a Magic Johnson if he came up in the yeah, 80s? right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> no one would be judging his broken jumper because that would just be normal. <laughs> All right, so for the 50s, I think my answer is just Wilt. Only, you know, slightly because I have a blind spot to anything back that far. But it, I mean the 60s, not the 50s, excuse me. I was about to say, dang, we yeah. skipped a decade? Yeah, sorry. The 60s, I think the answer is just Wilt Chamberlain because of the fact that when I think of the sixties, he's the man I think of. So if he has the longest lasting impact, he's got to be the answer. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go. I've, I'll be, won't lie. I'm not going to say I'm super, super educated on what was going on in society basketball wise in the 1960s. Yeah. I mean, that's you and me both. Um, I'm going to say Bill Russell. Um, oh, I think, uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I think I got you there, bro. Um, yeah, I think obviously or not obviously, but, you know, having, I want to say the most championships, um, out of yeah. any NBA player. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just like those legendary Celtic squad, uh, teams, I should say with, uh, Red Arbok coaching and, um, yeah. Um, just kind of like, also he was like an advocate too, uh, with civil rights and, um, yeah, just like that yeah, era of sure. dominance um that, oh, that's the, the right Celtics. answer yeah yeah um so yeah and like still alive like still has hair even though it's all white so like at nba games you know players True. showing him respect i think isn't the no that's the larry o'brien trophy i feel like bill russell has a no they just something. named the finals mvp after him didn't they bill Ru- i know he has like some sort of like or was it trophy or honor named after him yeah it's the finals mvp is named after bill russell okay but i knew it was something um so yeah no definitely uh bill russell from of which he has 11 okay yeah that's never gonna happen again for (laughs) any other player no all right so that that'll wrap that up we won't go back to the 50s because you and i were born in the 90s so that's when these were still dribbling around in circles bob cousy (laughs) i don't know (laughs) So yeah, let's just jump again to, so we went back in time. Let's jump to the current day. And like I said, this conversation is going to kind of be free flowing, bouncing around about the wider culture and musical impact that basketball has. And one really good example of that, maybe not good. It's a good example, but I don't know if it's really good for the game is what's happening now with social media and basketball and kind of how we see it all the time. The off season superstars, like you mentioned, Ben Simmons, what's going on with these guys where they're, biggest impact off the court is seems to be just being on Instagram and filming themselves, working out and doing all these off season things, working with all these trainers where suddenly being a basketball trainer 
makes you an influencer and as cool as some Instagram model. So I know you have a lot to say on this topic. So I'm just gonna let you go off and kind of bounce off of you. What do you think of what's going on with the culture of basketball as far as social media and kind of these off season workouts? Yeah, I think there's obviously some good and bad. I think that's kind of the case with most of social media, like offers us like a lot of opportunity to connect, especially with people that we wouldn't necessarily be able to connect with uh, just because everybody has phones and everybody has cameras on their phones. But I definitely feel like to the just kind of like the the extraness, it's definitely not a word, but I'm just going to throw that exactly term out there uh, of like, yeah, like a Ben Simmons or just like any player that does this, like you show them, like show them, like kind of like doing their, you know, off season regimen as far as workouts goes and um, kind of doing it for clout. And then, you know, at the end of the season or, you know, when the season comes up, you know, Bet Sim is like, you were taking jumpers in those, in those videos. Like, let me see, let me see what you got. Like now, you know, fourth quarter turn up, Yeah. Uh, but passing up on wide open layup, you know, <laughs> it's like, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I, I kind of, uh, you know, that I like the quiet grind while success, you know, I like, like, all right, I'm going to lock in. I'm not going to, you know, do this for clout. I'm going to get my work in and then I'll let my play, you know, uh, do the talking, you know, when the cameras are on and, you know, um, Stanford or Jeff Van Gundy and Mike Breen and Mark Jackson are, you know, on the sideline reporting or calling the game. That is like, obviously like the preferred route. I think it is cool though. Just like seeing like the different players, you know, work out and, um, you know, playing pickup games, you know, I think what Chris Brinkley is doing, his story is just like super, super dope in and of itself, but just like how he has like the black ops run and, you know, just being able to do that. I know Rico Hines has like a really good run out in Los Angeles and all these different trainers, like a having a platform to, you know, showcase different players like, across the league and also like in college, like come together and play. Uh, But two, like, you know, that's like their hustle, you know, they're making, you know, a lot of money and, you know, um, establishing a platform platform from themselves. So that's, that's cool to see. Like you can't hate on that. So that's a positive. Yeah. So you respect the, the shooters and the coaches and stuff, but how's it feel? So obviously with social media and we talked about this all the time, this is a cliche for a reason, you know, rappers want to be ballers and ballers want to be rappers. And that's always been a thing. It's always been an element, but I think it's changed a little bit too, because with social media, with kind of the world we're living in and also to how elevated NBA players are, where now, you know, somebody like, I don't even know who's a good example of this, Kyle Kuzma, someone like Kyle Kuzma, who is going to fade into irrelevancy potentially as he's now in Washington is the fifth man on a team for the Lakers and gets to be, you know, a pretty famous guy where young people have heard of him because he's a good looking guy has, you know, some interesting fashion sense is gets, you know, slightly adjacent to Kendall Jenner gets in the little Dutch, a little touch of the Kardashian fame, you know, is hanging out with Vanessa Hudgens, but that dude is like fifth in the lineup, you know, is never going to be an all-star and he's already at that level where he's that famous and stuff. And that's where basketball players are at right now. So my question to you is how do you feel about that change in the culture of basketball where these guys are at such a level and how do you think it's changed kind of the impact of, you know, like you were talking about what actually happens on the court because of the presence that these guys have off the court and the influence they have. And even just being, you know, around rappers and models and stuff all the time. How do you think that's changed what's going on on the floor? Yeah. uh, I feel like 
that has kind of, uh, I don't want to say authenticity, but like the grit of just like the basket of basketball, especially professional basketball, the NBA, uh, has subsided, uh, because I think players are just like softer now. Um, and I feel like players in the nineties and eighties and so on and so forth were just like, they wanted to, to win, um, and they were going to do whatever it takes to, to win. Um, I don't think that's the case. I don't, I'm not saying that's not the case now, but, um, yeah, I, I feel like because of like, oh, okay. Like I'm going to like, you know, get right as far as like my fit goes so I can get, you know, a bunch of likes on, on leaks, league fits, you know, before the game. I feel like there's like a lot of different distractions, yeah. uh, which plays into like the product on the court, at least for like, you know, a, a certain amount of time, the playoffs obviously is a different level. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think like too, like you, you see this in like college basketball with like the twins from Fresno state who signed like that crazy NIL deal with boost mobile, you know, like we're just such a visual generation, like Gen Z more than, um, you know, us millennials. Yeah. So Hannah like, and Haley Cavender. Yeah, dude. I, I, I feel like, yeah, yeah. So it's like, um, because of that, it's like, all right, like this dude fits the mystique of somebody that may pop, you know, on IG or, you know, this dude, you know, has like a little bit of banter and wit on social media. So like, he's going to get mad, like double taps and likes on Twitter. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's like always, or now there's a ulterior motive sometimes. And I, I think like that can kind of like drive the drive up and increase the celebrity of you know a player like how kuzma who you know had like a lot i still i mean he's pretty young has a decent yeah. amount of potential but i'm not trying you know to rag on the guy i was just trying he, to make a point <laughs> yeah yeah no you're right um so uh it's it, it definitely is interesting i feel like even though shout out to jordan clarkson because like he he bought out most improved player but i think he was like similar yeah, in that vein uh, Kelly Oubre, who is also Tsunami a solid, and, yes, solid NBA player, um, is in the QC right now, 704 Charlotte Hornets. Um, but he's more known but, for uh, being so pretty in those eyes. Exactly. Yeah. Just like his swag. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like, yeah, I think that's just like us being in a very visual era and just, you know, um, how accessible like they are because yeah. of Instagram and Twitter and social media. Yeah. And it's really interesting to see just kind of how that's changed, even just in our short lifetimes watching basketball. But I think the one cool part, and again, there's so many different cultures around basketball where you've seen, you know, like I was talking about of rappers want to be ballers and, you know, what J. Cole did and um, what a lot of artists now that, you know, Dang. they put out music and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm trying to get to. Do you have a favorite if you had to talk about one basketball player who you was actually enjoy their music is it damian lillard because of the guy you just mentioned or is it somebody else where this is the one guy who actually like did it well and went off the court and made decent music dang um i didn't mean to spoil anything no, no, uh, if you had that that's all right <laughs> um shoot you're gonna, you're gonna make me think a little bit let's see <laughs> uh <laughs> Shaq, Kobe did it yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Oladipo does it in his own way now. Mm -hmm. But honestly, dude. like uh, if who you went want back to say, Damian Lillard, Marvin Bagley was he the one who's yeah, and he wasn't bad either. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, this is just me being a hip hop head. Yeah, like if I had I mean, to say anybody, 
um, I would say Master P, Percy Miller. Um, oh, okay. Just because he had that stint, you know, playing for the Raptors, playing yeah. for the for the Hornets as well. And like we see like this model of independence, you know, laid out in hip hop, um, really in business too, sports business. LeBron has done it, modeled it phenomenally. But um, yeah, had a crazy impact with No Limit and just, yeah, what they were able to do for, for hip hop. And then like my man literally like, all right, like I want to like hoop. So like I'm just going to like stop like producing music um and like make a run at the nba and like that is just absurd just to be able to like do something really well Mm -hmm. as far as like literally like selling records out of his trunk like getting to a point where like he had more music or money than like the labels that were like trying to sign like him and no no limit and then like being able to like drop all of that and like hoop and then like just become like a full-fledged entrepreneur now um that would be my number one, but like I think Dame is the most talented rapper slash basketball player we'll we'll probably ever see. Okay, so if Dame's leading the way right now, do you have? This is kind of a funny question too, but you take it everywhere you want. If you had to peg, who's going to be next? Who's going to be the next NBA player that drops an album that either everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, this guy's challenging Dame," or it can be everybody just roast this person, but who do you think is next? If you had to peg somebody to be like, Oh, I'm doing music now. Uh, bro. Like I don't, who raps? Like, well, that's I the thing. Like, you have to, this is like completely hypothetical. Who okay. could you like look at and be like, Oh, that guy probably thinks he's good enough to do it or has enough clout, as you said, to put something out where enough people would hear about it. And like I said, everyone could clown him and that could be the result, but who do you think yeah. would be next? Yeah. Um, Shoot, dude. That's a great question. Um, <laughs> I feel like it has to be somebody relatively younger. Yeah. Um, I feel like Devin Booker would make a perfect R&B singer. Just <laughs> light skin. He's got the look hair. for it. His yeah. voice is really deep, too. I feel like he could, is like, it? surprisingly okay. deep. Like, not singing-wise. I've never heard him sing. But when he yeah. speaks, you're like, oh, it doesn't really sound like what I thought. Like he's a super mature, you know, stoic kind of guy where I could picture yeah. him, you know, having a surprising like baritone deep voice down here. And I don't know. We'll have to ask Kendall. How, how's he serenading? <laughs> like Terry Roger looks scary. So it's like maybe like I he can has see like that. The, yeah, that's a good call. I could see Terry Roger. has the look of a Scary rapper. Terry's new mixtape dropping <laughs> Friday. I could see that. And that could go one of two ways. Oh man! His teammate yeah. Lamelo, I could see that happening Yo, too. That's, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, and then Lonzo too, who was not like respectable, not terrible. So, yeah. or his brother, I should say. Yeah, I could see Lamelo. I was thinking also too. I don't know. I feel like Tyrex Maxey just kind of has that look. Like he could easily yeah. like if most people. If you were like, I mean, it's a terrible game to play. I admit, but <laughs> if you put him up and you're like rapper or basketball player, <laughs> most people would probably go rapper. Yeah. Maybe if he does end up getting traded out to California with Simmons, which Rich Paul's trying to finagle. Okay. Maybe he starts a career out there, but I don't know. That's just an idea. Maybe LaMelo. I feel like also somebody who's just maybe like a little bit older kind of has the clout, but isn't that big and kind of has that confidence. Like I see like PJ Tucker just hopping on a verse. Yeah. Shout out to Raleigh, man. 919 in low high school. Or John um, Wall. John Wall just completely forgets that he's supposed to be playing basketball. He's like, I came back, did all this work, and this team sucks. Nobody cares about me. This wasn't worth it. I'm just going to go start my rap career. 
so real quick story behind John. So caught him Johnny five back in the day. Cause like Southeast Raleigh, like there are a decent amount of like bloods um, that lived in Raleigh at the time, at least like Southeast um, Raleigh and John went to Broughton high school um, mm-hmm. there. And uh, there's a guard by the name of Brock young. And if you're a Hooper, or if you know anything about basketball, like Brock, like Raleigh was Brock city, like Brock was filthy, like five, nine, like dreadhead cornrows. So like anytime he would like mix you and cross you, like his dreads were like flying side to side. So he had that, you know, look to him, but um, yeah, like Brock was nice. And like, honestly, John wasn't at his level. And that's why like you hear story of like John getting cut. It's just because like his attitude was like really, really bad. And like, that's when like, you realize like, yo, this dude is like a killer, you know what I'm saying? Just like his terrible attitude. Uh, so like transferred to Garner high school and then transferred to, to word of God, uh, where he like became like a blue chipper. And my brother actually played with him his sophomore year. But, uh, yeah, man, you saw that ratchetness early. Um, and you knew if this dude like was going to fill out a little bit, like he was going to be a, a, a killer, uh, had a huge growth spurt. Um, fast as crap and super athletic and here we are today um so uh hopefully he gets he just needs to stay healthy like i feel like when he's healthy yeah. he's you know an assassin uh but uh yeah he's been played by injuries yeah i'm watching these brock young highlights now i've never seen a man cross so many people with his back turned to them Bro, <laughs> brock was disgusting this is like, like every time he's just like it's like he's gonna post them up from the key and it just crosses them without even like showing the ball yeah, Brock was, I think he played at ECU. Yeah, he did. Um, but uh yeah, like led the country in assists his senior year. But like you think of like again, like if you talk to anybody who you know was a decent hooper, you know, in Raleigh coming mm-hmm. up, like during that era or even a little bit after, like they will mention Brock Young, um, because he was <laughs> that dude was so nice. Yeah. And this brings me back to because these shorts they're wearing are bag baggy. Yeah, that's what, I was, that's what I was saying. Like Raleigh, like Southeast Raleigh was like, <laughs> even though he went to Broughton, um, like Southeast Raleigh, that era, like that area, it, it, like, <laughs> like there is some hood influence yeah. for sure, you know? So, what do you think about obviously culture of basketball? Fashion is a huge part of it. Um, making a tank top cool, people wear basketball jerseys. It's kind of been hijacked in its way of the frat guy music festival dude now but basketball jerseys have such an impact but i want to talk about the shorts like i was just looking at these guys super baggy shorts we had the high high shorts of the times you know way back when they were wearing belt buckles with the shorts um <laughs> you had the times of jordan that were the short shorts still and then got super baggy and longer and bigger and then it was like normal and now anything touching your knee is an automatic like for a straight girl, no, 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 don't do that. And now guys are kind of following it too in the NBA where they wear like the leggings and the tights underneath, but the shorts are getting shorter and shorter again. I feel like Russ might have been one of the first people to start this and come some of the younger guys. What's your favorite length of basketball short, basically? Yeah. What, what was the most impactful? Bro, I'm not gonna front. Like I like <laughs> I went to um a store I won't name because if I do, I'll get judgment. But um, and I was like, yo, like these are like five inch seam, I want to say I, I think that's the, the correct terminology, but like yeah. they're like super short. And I, I was like, you know what? Like, 
I do leg day, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I may have chicken legs, but like I, I do leg day. Um, and like, I'm trying to like show off like my legs, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I put in the work, might as well. Um, so, uh, I, I definitely feel like too short is like, if I could see like, just like your, your print, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's like, ain't nobody trying to see all that. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm not against like the shorter shorts. I think it's a decent look, especially like so we're at peak basketball shorts right now. Fifties and sixties was too far. The baggy was too much. The two thousands was too long. We're, we yeah. are at the peak. The females have figured it out. All the memes and stuff that tell you the shorts that are in now is the peak basketball short length. For sure. Yeah. And like, even too, you think, it, I mean, it's been the case with fashion. Like look at pictures of like old NBA draft classes. Like yeah. niggas are wearing super, super <laughs> aggy short suits. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, yo, is that a suit or like literally like a blanket that you just like wrapped around and tailored it to fit your body? Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. And like now like the kind of like slim European fit uh, suit is in, tighter clothes are in yeah. uh, in general. So it's just interesting to see how trends come and go. Yeah, everything always comes back in a way, just, especially with basketball and culture, just in general, everything always has a tendency to repeat itself. Uh, before we move to the next thing, maybe the last couple of topics, what was the store? You said what now? What Sorry. was the store that you got the shorts uh, at? Uh, uh, Lululemon. Of course. How's that judgmental? Bro, I feel like people- I knew that was the say, answer. Yeah, man. That's why it's freaking like, yeah, no. I got Lululemon uh, right now. Do you? Yeah, Lulu's their nice. stuff is super comfortable. It's expensive so for sure, yeah. but it's, it's it's super comfortable. And I'm like, yo, like I put it in a wash. It's not going to fade. Like well, last time I went in there, I went in with our boy Harrison. Walked okay. in. Harrison's like, I got to get some shorts. And we go check the sales section. Okay, sure. We had time to kill waiting for our table dinner reservations. Walk in. Just looking around, perusing. The guy comes up and I needed some jeans at this point. because I uh, just need like some black pants and. I was kind of just looking and then saw the price tag. I was like, yeah, I don't have the money for this right now. No way. And the guy comes up to me, you know, does his little sales thing. Like, can I help you with anything? No, no, not looking to buy whatever, blah, blah, blah. So then Harrison just went on a shopping spree and is buying a bunch of things. So he has to go try them on. So I'm just sitting there waiting, still looking. Then this other guy comes up and just like, hey, you know, still looking at those pants, whatever. Like, how you doing? Whatever, you know, just doing his little sales pitch. And he's like, I know you don't want to buy them, but I just want to show you because like I'm wearing them like, for your future reference, like these are the pants. And then he like shows me, you know, three other pairs Then I'm holding them kind of looking at it. And then, you know, literally they did the tag team where the really pretty girl comes in. She's like, Oh, those, I feel like those would look good on you. Like you should try them on. <laughs> so I go try them on because Harrison's still taking forever trying on this whole wardrobe in the dressing room, come out and she goes, Oh, they look good. And then the guy, you know, with his long hair is like, Oh, they look pretty good, man. I told you. And then of course I ended up buying the freaking pants. And I, I mean, I yeah. wear them all the time. So it was a smart purchase, but. Yeah, they got Lululemon, you, I can highly endorse why it's everywhere. They got you. Yeah, they got me. So uh, another, like I was talking about earlier, just another aspect of basketball culture, one that I always find so, so fascinating is pickup games. Because no matter where you go, you can always find a pickup game. I mean, me and you played with some foreign journalists down in Brazil once on a hoop that was literally not literally, but slightly awkwardly shaped 
And was that was that in the media village? Yeah, in the media village where they like <laughs> oh, was half built, that. but they managed to finish the basketball court. So they got the important <laughs> things done. <laughs> and we played, you know, and it's just like a universal language. It brings people together in a way where too, you know, they look at us like, oh, the Americans. I'm pretty sure like we didn't even play that well. I know I definitely didn't. And you're still, you know, one of the better guys out there, or you just have that kind of language of oh, I can feel confident doing this. And you have a way to communicate with people from all around the world. And it's a great way to find new people when you move somewhere and just kind of that aspect. So I'll, first question to you with the culture of pickup basketball, what are your thoughts? Because one of the things that I always realize about it is if everyone who was white played more pickup basketball, there'd be less racism in the world because oh, it, is the one, it is the one place in America where as a white person, especially a, a white male, where you're in <laughs> constant states of privilege and you know you don't really get looks here or there. It is the one place where everybody is immediately judging you when you show up, no matter what you do, anything you do has a tint of something to it. You just get disrespected. And I'm not complaining, by the way, like I completely understand, but you just get completely disrespected all the time, no matter what is going on. If you're just in a local pickup run, it's you have to earn your way to get to everything, every opportunity. You can't screw up at all because one screw up, you're immediately labeled, you're immediately out and just kind of gives you that impact, which is the sad reality of the world of how a lot of people feel all the time, every day. And pickup basketball gives you that experience of, wow, people feel like this all the time. Maybe don't disrespect them in the way that I'm getting because it just doesn't feel good. And I feel like if people just had that experience more often, they'd be nicer to other people and we'd have less issues in the world. So that's my number one thing with pickup basketball. We can get to a bunch more. But what's your kind of what do you feel about the cultural impact of the pickup game and the little world that it is on its own? No, I love I love every ounce of what you just said. Um, I'm going to answer with the story about somebody in my life who I consider a, a brother. Um, so. Yeah, my buddy Nick, who um, is like probably the most, I don't want to say most, like if he heard that, it would kind of be tight. Um, but a super granola, white dude, uh, engineer, works at Duke Energy, um, went to Clemson, drives a Subaru. Um, so like outdoorsy to like, that is kind of like who he is as a person to uh, a decent degree. And uh, I've known him pretty well since I, I moved to, to Charlotte. And um, he's from a, a section of South Carolina. I think uh, Sindarius Thornwell, who uh, went to the University of South Carolina, mm -hmm. had a stint with the, the Clippers, was a pretty good hooper in college. Is from his area. I want to say Jermaine O'Neal, uh, KG, before he uh, went to high school in uh, Illinois, I think Chicago. So, like, decent area for, for athletes. Um, but, like, he played, like, varsity as a sophomore and um, knew he was athletic, but, like, again just taller white dude pretty country never seen him hoop um and he hits me up he's like yo luke are you trying to like you know get some run in play like some games of king on the court i was like bet let's do it um and bro like he was like i'm not i'm not even gonna say was like my man can ball yo like straight up like he can hoop like pure jump shot like smart uh, very technical being an engineer like bigger than me so like <laughs> knew like if he was to dribble in front like I would take them junks as far as like his the ball like I would take his cookies but like back to the basket so like was working me out in the post and honestly I was like yo like we have a very deep friendship already 
but because I've seen you do this to me one-on-one and like we're running dudes on twos and like playing fives, like <laughs> this, like increase, this like yeah. increased our friend, like there's like a deeper level. And not like even a word to say, admiration. just that communication. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I think that's kind of like an antidote with like, just kind of like the larger scale. Like you see somebody, it doesn't matter what they look like, what background they're coming from. Um, yeah. If you can hoop, you can hoop. And dudes are going to respect you for being able to, you know, put that ball in the basket, play D, um, you know, work hard, um, rebound well. So I think like overall with pickup, man, it's it's kind of cool as an adult too. like college run at UNC was super intense. Like you had dudes that could play college ball, like at D2s and even smaller D1s. But like these are the same dudes that are like, you know, doctors now, dentists now, lawyers now. So, um yeah, man, like once you get that respect in like whatever sphere of like the pickup basketball culture, wherever you're at, it's a good feeling. Um, it's a good feeling. And as an adult, you know, in Charlotte, it's like, yo, I think I've seen just about every, you know, hooper hoop, you know, in the city, just like hooping through different spots. You see the same people yeah. at different gems. So it's definitely one of a kind as far as just like the community. So All right, I'll get you out of here on this. A couple more questions off the top of the head. Yeah. The worst guy at a pickup basketball game. Cause like we talked about all the cool parts about pickup culture, but there's plenty that's so annoying. And the best part, best slash worst, funniest part is just the stereotypes of you see them every time you got, you know, the fratty dude with the backwards hat, who's just probably plays hockey and just going to throw a couple elbows around there. You have the football player who's just going to run through everyone and has no skill, but like you pick him up because he looks so the most intimidating and he's so annoying. You have the best, the baseball player who's just like sneaky athletic as hell and really, really good. Or you have the guy who has too much gear on and is terrible or the guy who's balling in black air force ones. who you're like, I'm not running that guy. Like stay away from him pulling up his teeth. So who's the worst stereotype in a pickup basketball game? Bro, am I, do I have to, do I have to uh, answer um, based off the choices you gave no, 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 me? Or? No, those okay. are just examples for other um, people who don't understand this. Like I said, this very idiosyncratic world of pickup basketball. Yeah, no, I, I think like the dude that thinks he's significantly better than he actually is. <laughs> it's is super annoying. To play with. Um, because yeah, it's just like an annoying narcissistic energy, first of all. But like, if my man is taking shots that just like isn't in it, isn't really in his bag, it's like, yo, like, what are you doing, bro? But it's like it's at the, the same time, it's like this is just pickup. It ain't serious, but like your attitude and just your mentality is making it serious for me. So just ruins everything. Annoying. It's the worst when you're on the team with that guy. Yeah, if you're playing against him, it's like, hey, keep keep yeah, doing keep you. Shooting. You know what I'm saying? So but those are the ones where you end up like the other team doesn't even communicate anything or doesn't organize anything and you end up just like passing the ball and going off as like the other team becomes like much more of a team just based off of like you said that energy of the other person and that guy too like you can, it's hard to pick him out because you don't know until you see them like that guy doesn't really have a self-identifier of how he dresses or how he <laughs> looks like he'll have decent he won't have the nicest gym shoes but he'll have decent gym shoes so mm-hmm. like you know he at least plays he's yeah. not wearing you know like tennis shoes or just running shoes and he has like normal clothes on, but not enough gear to like point him out as like, oh, that guy tries too hard, but he doesn't look like janky. So it's always hard to spot. And you never know until you start playing with him. You're like, wow, this guy's really just not going to pass the ball, is he? He's got, yeah. oh, you're going to take that three pointer from the corner with the guy. Oh, okay. 
I don't even want to get the rebound anymore. Like you start wanting to lose almost because yeah, I don't want to play run by with yourself this guy anymore. <laughs> play by yourself. No, yeah, that's, that that's so the real. Worst. So all real. right, I'll get you out of here on this one to wrap it all up and just kind of the culture of basketball. And like we talked about how much music impacts it. There's so many examples of, you know, like we talked about Damian Lillard being a rapper, J Cole being a rapper and going to basketball or guys like Shaq who have done both. And there's so many movies. And like we said, things that go beyond the court that are based around this round orange ball. What's the number one, if you get only one song that's basketball adjacent, basketball associated song ever. What's the number one all time? Man, what a question, yo. Let's see. <laughs> I don't think, I mean, I feel like the first thing that comes to mind is we're playing basketball. Yeah. Um, I know I have a Oscar-worthy opera-esque voice. Um, that I just a, what you're looking for is a Grammy there. <laughs> yeah, yes, Grammy, yes, my fault. Um, <laughs> um, dang, yo, yeah, that's one I remember seeing Like Mike and Low Bow Wow had a remix. Yeah, I was just about fabulous. to ask which version is like, better, the Bow Wow version or the original? <laughs> yeah, and like we gotta, I know Bow Wow's corny now, but we gotta give my man like his flowers for just <laughs> like his impact on the culture. My man was getting money early. Um, shoot, yo. What's your answer? I don't I don't know if I like that. I think that's the only song I can think of. I mean, it kind of that's definitely like up there. But for me, that song came to me through like Mike, you know, so I know the yeah, Bow Wow exactly. verse, you know, basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way to dribble up and down the court, you know, you can keep going. Yeah, Where it's not the original that has the impact of the, you know, the, the Curtis Blow song. So I think that's definitely up there. My first thought was it's just kind of basketball adjacent is just like the Space Jam song. OK. You know, I don't even know what yeah. it's called, but like the, the yeah. you know, the Space Jam song. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Everybody yeah. just knows the Space Jam song. Yeah. Where it's nah, obviously, you know, it's a movie and it's fast. It's a basketball movie in quotes, maybe. But just I always you always hear it at an arena, especially, you know, like growing up in the 90s and early 2000s, because it was like we talked about. It's one of those safe songs that you can play before a game. It's not going to offend anyone. Just feels right in an arena. Has so many different um parts where it popped up pop culturally in different aspects of the world and culture and stuff where you hear it more often. And every time you hear it, it always seems to be around basketball. So that's what was the first thoughts that came to my mind. Yeah. So real quick, let me ask you this. So if you say that, would you say the same thing about R Kelly? I could, I believe I can fly. Yeah. I mean, that makes me think of basketball for sure, but now I get a little cringy anytime I hear R Kelly, you know, <laughs> Man, I was watching, <laughs> I was watching that uh, surviving R. Kelly documentary yeah. uh, recently, and I think he's like made. I think he's on trial right now or something. Um, still in relation to that, but I'm like, yo, like, wow, like I'll, I'll leave it at that. Just wow. <laughs> yeah, awful. I mean, uh, the minister. Yeah, I guess he's still testifying and stuff. But yeah, so I mean, that's up there. But I just try to, you know. Because of recent events, let's just put the I believe I could fly yeah, below no, we'll the space jam. You know, when you think yeah. of the space jam song, that can't be your first thought for the space jam song anymore. Nah, he did it to himself. It's yeah, exactly. Fault. But it's, it's true. Fault, I do though. think of, you know, like being in the driveway, you, you know, you lower the rim to eight or nine feet and you're just like, oh, I could duck. I can believe I, you know, you picture that image of those steps and putting salt in your shoes and whatever. So 
I know what you're talking about. For sure. Yeah. All right. So that's wraps up the conversation. Obviously we could go for hours and hours about just the depth and it's just another example of how a sport can be a sport, you know, with the surrounded by a ball getting into a goal and you have to be so athletic and to accomplish it and stuff. But those sports create so many things around it that they branch out, especially into the world of music, which we talk about a lot here, but also to just culturally how they can have such a bigger impact. So I really appreciate the conversation, Luke. Definitely catch you next time. Appreciate everybody listening to this episode of Chords and Courts. Please follow, rate, subscribe, all that other stuff. Tell your friends so we can keep this thing growing. Really appreciate the time. Thanks, Luke. See you on the next one. Am I am I invited on the next one? Of course. I told okay. you, you got, there's going to be a voice that you hear right. often. I didn't, I didn't know if I made the cut with my uh, with your audition. performance. Yeah, yeah exactly. you made the cut. Bet. You're not Michael Jordan his freshman year. <laughs> All right, dude. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for everyone for listening. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.